turn and look to the word of the Lord. This series that we are on in the month of February, talking about living alert, being sensitive as best we can to the needs around us and the things around us. You know, the Bible says you must be born again. And the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And the Bible says, we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible also says, be ye kind one to another. The Bible also says, love one another. The Bible also says, be hospitable without griping about it. The Bible says, honor everybody. The Bible says, rejoice and weep with those who are rejoicing and weeping. So many truths in the Word of God. We can't cherry pick and just decide, well, this fits me and this fits. We just want powerful church all the time. And yes, absolutely. But when our feet hit the ground on Monday morning, we still better be Christians. And we still better be kind. And we still better be loving. That's what the Bible tells me. So here we go down this path to where, again, I have no business teaching because I still don't have all this down by any stretch, but just because of that, I still know it's truth and I want to always speak truth. So let's talk about this idea of living alert and living with intention to hear the heart cries or to hear what other people are saying or, or what's happening in their lives. Just kind of, can we say, getting outside of ourselves a little bit. We were last week down the hallway, thank you for your flexibility, down in the Timothy A. Dugas Hall, and, and I ended up on, on, on this idea that people are watching us. Whether we want that to happen or not, people are watching us. And so then the question is posed, will they catch a glimpse of God by watching you? The Scripture says no man has seen God at any time, but if we love each other, they're going to get a glimpse of him. It's what the scripture tells us. So let's go tonight and let's start in two verses. Psalm 31, let's look at these. Psalm 31, 14. He said, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. Verse 15, my times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from thy, that, them that persecute me. My times are in thine hand. Time, what a precious commodity. It's something we don't want to just give away. The Bible even tells us redeem the time because the days are evil. It tells us to be careful how we spend our time. What a powerful gift time is. Today in our society, so often we pack our schedules so tightly we barely have any wiggle room and our, our planners are just absolutely full many times of activity and our lives are often void of spent are often void of spending time loving other people because we, we pat ourselves on the back because we are so busy. I, I mentioned a couple series ago, I've never got a phone call that said, hello, is this Brother Bland? Yeah, this Brother Bland. Hey, I know you're doing nothing. I know you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs and thankful I called. I've never had a phone call like that. I've had countless phone calls. Brother Bland, I know you're busy. I'm not gonna waste your time. And you've had them too. It'd be insulting someone call you up. I know you have nothing to do. So I'm going to waste your time on the phone. 
We take this as a badge of honor that we're busy. And, and, and again, the Bible talks about not being slothful or lazy. And we, we, we can go down that route. However, sometimes we get so busy even working for Jesus that we're not really ministering to others on our trek to heaven. We're so busy doing that sometimes we forget to be. We are human beings, not human doings. Being available, being present in the moment, being a help. But here's the thing about loving others. When we do, our loving actions might seem like they're only intended for one person. But in truth, when we touch someone's life, it is like a cannonball of kindness that splashes waves of love onto all kinds of people that we had no idea that we were even going to touch. Something so small can have an effect on a whole lot of people. The Apostle Paul, he wrote First and Second Thessalonians to believers in the city of Thessalonica. They say around 50, 80, 52. And Paul wanted to strengthen the, the faith of the believers in that church there and showing them how to live godly lives in the midst of a worldly culture. And so let's pick up his conversation with them or his letter to them at First Thessalonians 2, verse 7. But Paul says, writing to these people, but we were gentle among you. Even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Paul said, I had some things to tell you, but I was very gentle in how I did it. I wasn't coming here, guns blazing, and pick up the shrapnel in the, after I left. It was nothing. He said, we're gentle with you. Then 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, the very next verse says, So being affectionately desirous of you. He was saying, I love you so much. He said, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only. He said, I preach the gospel of God to you, but he said, also our own souls, because you were so dear unto us. Paul just didn't speak words. He shared his life with those people. He spent time with them. Think about your life for a moment. Is there somebody or someone you can recall or a time that you can recall who someone seemed thrilled to share their very life with you? I've met people. What do we need to get done here? Hurry up. All right, all right let's get this and let's get out of here. Time schedule. And have you ever been in a situation where someone just wanted to be with you? My grandma Angel, uh, that's, uh, if you looked up grandma, that was her pictures there. She's the quintessential grandma. It never dawned on me that she liked adults. My dad, one time, we were leaving her house. He said, you kids need to leave grandma alone sometime. Let her come in the living room and talk with the adults. It's like, what is wrong with him? Of course she didn't want to talk to the adults. She wants to be with her grandkids. Because somehow she made it to where it seemed to all of us she loved being with us, and we loved being with her, that time spent together. So in another book of the New Testament, Paul writes again to the church of Galatia in Galatians 6.2. He says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Paul instructs us. 
Folks, again, I'm not trying to, this is going to be extremely, as I've told you all along, this is an extremely practical teaching here. But the same book that says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost will come upon you and says be filled with the Spirit. In all those things, it also says bear you one another's burdens. The same book that says shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people. The, the Bible says, praise him on the instruments and praise him in the singing. The same Bible that says all that says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Paul instructs us to lighten the load of someone around us. Because when we encourage or we cheer or we help or we guide or we simply do life with another person, we let them see a little snippet of Jesus and his love for them. What are some ways? Again, I, I told you very practical. I'm just going to run through. I think I got five here listed. And you just let your brain not wander too far, but let your brain wander in this. Maybe you can help someone check something off their to-do list. Maybe someone's busy and can't do it and they need their gutters cleaned. Boy, this is real spiritual. It absolutely is real spiritual. That's where sometimes we miss it. It's wonderful to run the aisles. It's wonderful to shout and talk in tongues. But it's also wonderful to bear one another's burdens. Lighten someone's load somehow. Maybe a domestic load. You know what it was like when you had five ankle biters in your house? Maybe help lighten someone's load. Spend a little of your time helping someone else save on some of theirs. You're going to the store, ask them if they need anything. Well, I just, I don't have time. And here we go again. Speak those powerful words, I get it. Me too. Sometimes sharing life means letting another person know you're not alone. I've messed up and had to apologize to my son umpteen times. We blew a gasket on him or something. I've apologized to him, but it's, it's nice to hear another daddy that's been through it say, it's okay. I did it too. You're going to be all right. You're not some outlier here. And another thing, we, we talked about what we what someone's heart says. What are they saying? What, what are they, what do they, what words are they saying that you understand? I remember this. I was studying for this and I remember this. I, it was the mid nineties. Yes, I'm that old. It was the mid nineties and I was youth pastoring and, and, and I was teaching a lesson and, and um, for some reason I said something about liking pop tarts. I do like pop tarts, but I, I said something about liking pop tarts and just went on with the lesson, whatever it had to do. I'm sure it was profoundly wise back then, but uh, but whatever I said about Pop-Tarts. And so the next, we went on to, you know, church was over. And I think it was a day or two later, I come home from work and in my screen door, opened the screen door and was getting the, opening the main door to the house. And there was a box of Pop-Tarts with just a little note that said something. I thought it'd be fun to get you some Pop-Tarts. What are we talking, 30 years ago? I can remember all that. Well, Brother Bland, because of that, the Lord has changed your life. Maybe not, but maybe enough of those and somebody's life was changed. 
Sometimes, again, we, we try to do the, the big things. I hope you sling chairs and, and, and palm heads in the supermarket. I don't care what you do. I hope the, 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 you pull somebody out of the wheelchair at Schnooks. I don't care. That's wonderful. Thank God for revival. But sometimes looking for all of that when the Bible says you can just say hi to somebody. The Bible says we can be kind to one another and lift each other's burdens. Mark 12, 31, I read this last week, when the man came and said, what's the greatest commandments? And Jesus said, the first is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, the second command, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. When God knocks on our heart's doors, maybe we can knock on somebody else's door. When God moves on us to show his love to somebody else, oh, it takes time, it takes energy. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I wrote the book on awkward. Don't tell me this ain't awkward. This guy came to hug me one time. My hand ended up in his shirt pocket. Folks, I wrote the book on awkward. Come at an early morning prayer one time. I came in and it's kind of dark in the house. Get dressed, come to church. Stand there talking to the guys in here and stuff. Went home. I had two a brown and a black shoe on. I talked later, Michael Lloyd, I said, did you notice? He said, oh, I just figured you hurt your foot. Well, thank you for that. But. <laughs> I mean, it was like a dress shoe and a tennis shoe. I have no earthly idea. So I get the, I get the badge for the most awkward. The point is that still doesn't absolve me from what the Scripture tells me to do. It says to love. It says to reach out. It says to honor. It says to help. Colossians 3.12 says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. Let me, let me read this because the wording sometimes gets cumbersome. And it, it's simply telling us since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you need to clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Clothe yourself with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Noticing people in our life isn't just a hobby. We don't do it just to boast or to snap a selfie to post on Facebook to see what we've done or to get a blessing in return. When we notice them, when we take time for them, we are acknowledging the fact that they are important and that they are human beings created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27, does it not say that? So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. When we look beyond ourselves and beyond the flaws and quirks of somebody else, we see a person made in the image of God. The person checking you out was made in the image of God. The person down at the store was made in the image of God. The person who cuts you off in traffic made in the image of God. 
puts a little bit of a different spin. It makes me, maybe it's just me, but it, it kind of makes me want to be a little more gentle with them if they're made in the image of God. Our lives can have more meaning and seem more really of just an exciting adventure if we stop to notice people around us. Not just ourselves and maybe even not our family, and I hope you do notice your family, but as we recognize everybody as image bearers of God himself, maybe something will come to a conscious level and we'll be more cognizant not only to thank them for their service, but to do something to encourage them as well. Who are the people in your life that you come up against? I thought of this again, studying this, and I do these things, gets under so much conviction, I don't even want to preach at night sometimes. But I thought that dear mailman that comes all hours of the day and night, comes to our house, puts the mail in the slot, Sometimes it's our neighbors and I have to take it over, but sometimes it's ours. But on those, I get things like Pentecostal life. Many things are addressed to the right reverend, Mitchell J. Bland. And minister's retirement fund sends me things. And everybody on the face of the planet who's ever going to have a special service sends it to my house. I'm pretty certain by now the mailman knows who lives at that house. I wonder if he hears fussing and cussing and kicking and screaming and glass crashing on the inside. I wonder if he ever walked up and heard anybody singing or praying in that house. I wonder if he ever got a note on the outside that said, thanks for your service, we appreciate you. Put a little candy bar on there for him or something. My embarrassing answer is no, because my wife didn't do it. No, because I didn't do it. Well, why don't you run out there with a bottle of oil and dump it on him in the name of Jesus? Because he'll scare the fire out of him. And I won't get mail anymore and probably have a restraining order and every right to have it. But what if I crack the door open a little bit and someday when I'm out in the yard and that mailman happens to come by and I say, hi, you folks, again, I'm just so simple-minded on stuff like this. But I think sometimes the simple things are what just kind of gives us the open door to something else. I don't know when my mail person's going to need me but if they do, I hope they know where to find me and that I'm a kind person and that I'm a Christian and that I care about them. Is that not what we're called to be, to be salt and light? So who are people in our life, the, the teachers, the trash collectors, mail delivery person, the grocer, the wait staff? Another way we can show ongoing love to people is just simply and yeah, respect them. 1 Peter 2.17, honor all men. Talking about guys, talking about humankind. Honor all people. 
husbands, honor your wife. Wife, honor your husband. Males, honor all females. Females, honor males. Children, honor parents. Parents, honor children. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Respect, such a rare commodity these days. In person and sometimes especially online, because we can do a whole lot on a screen. At a non, an, what's the word? Being anonymous, that one. Can be sometimes snarky and sarcastic. And 1 Peter 2.17, I don't see a lot of wiggle room here when he says, honor everybody. Well, I'm not sure I like them. He didn't ask if you liked them. Well, they're not very nice. He didn't ask if they were nice or not. Well, they're not in my clique. He didn't ask that either. Did you not get your Wheaties this morning? I'm trying to teach the word, folks. And this is killing me up here. Honor everybody. We can learn to speak and act respectfully, respectfully no matter how mundane, difficult, or dicey the situation Drawing on the power of the Holy Ghost to temper our tongues, to guide our actions. We can speak politely and behave in a way that honors the image of God in each person we meet. Hear me out. That doesn't mean we're doormats. However, and let me say a strong however to this church full of leaders. It doesn't mean we can bulldoze just because we're not going to have it that way. Can I tell them myself? When our neighbors over here, they were getting, we had a transition. It was a couple years ago. We had transition and the Lord helped us and we got new tenants in the warehouse and they wanted to sign a lease. And so the lease, as is many times, talking with the board and different ones and we're looking over the lease, making sure everything's in order. And, and it's common to commercial properties. They would, people would vouch for me who works in real estate that a lot of times they'll, the word just slipped me, but they will cancel the first three months. You'll get the first three months free, and then, then you'll pay on from there. And so that's what the board allowed. And so we said, yes, that's fine, first three months free. So then the, the, their realtor that was working with them, they sent the, they sent the, um, they sent the contract to me. It was all signed by them, and I was getting ready to sign it, and I was just making sure nothing changed, everything's like we like it, like it. And I did not see in there that the first three months were canceled out and they would start paying on the fourth month. It wasn't, the wording wasn't in there. Somehow it was taken out. The realtor had accidentally done that. Oh, oh, oh. the gift of God. So I heard him sign and send it over there and that realtor got in trouble. Or I cost this church 22000 $500 because I sent the contract back and said, I think this is incorrect. And the realtor happened to be connected to some apostolics that go to a church here in town who happened to be connected to somebody in this church and the word got back to me and that realtor was blown away that someone would do that. 
well, it's our money, not yours. If it would yours, I pray to God if it would have been my $22,500, I'd have done the same thing because a witness is better than any dollar amount. I know, praise me now. No, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I hope everybody does stuff like this. Respect other people. Respect what they're doing. Respect them for who they are. Aim to speak and act respectfully. It is a way to show love to people. Sometimes it helps to stop and realize how patient and merciful and loving and good God has been to you. If you've never needed mercy, then don't show it. If you've never needed bailed out, then don't bail anybody out. If you've never needed love, then don't love anybody. If you've never needed grace, then I don't blame you. Don't give any grace. But let me take you back to something that significantly happened way before we were born. Jesus died on a cross to pay your debt. Put that in your cranium. Bring that to the surface and then tell me I have a right to do this or that. Do you know how much grace he has shown me? Do you know how much mercy he has shown me? And so with that thought in mind, should I not show that to others and be respectful of them and love them? St. Augustine, let's turn a corner here real quick. St. Augustine said, what does love look like? It has hands to help others. It has feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see the misery and want. It has ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of them. That's what love looks like. Romans 12, 15, I think I read this last week. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. This verse commands us to help ease the suffering if we take the last part of this of others i'm going to go down a track here that others in this church you've been through this you could teach this so much better than me but let's let's be real here when life happens to people and hurts and pains and grief happens to people we don't necessarily have to do something materialist materially which is fine we can and that certainly can be a part but we're told in this just to invest emotionally with somebody when they weep weep with them Here's the easiest. Somebody's going through a trial and a grieving situation and it's breaking your heart and pulling your heartstrings. Just get away. Just get away from them and go and fix your mind on something else and thank God you're not going through that. That's called the cop-out way. That's called the easy way. I remembered when my brother-in-law was sick, he was in the hospital and cancer, it was, and God miraculously healed him, and we thank God for that, he's doing fantastic, but it was Christmas Day. And we went and got some snacks and tried to get a couple things and went to the hospital and had a little Christmas in the hospital. I hated that Christmas. I hated every moment of it. 
But then the next year, everything's turned around. It's hunky-dory. We had Christmas. Oh, my, it's wonderful. But someone was still in the hospital on Christmas Day. And how soon it was easy to forget that somebody else was suffering like this family suffered. Out of sight, out of mind, but I'm, I'm trying to help me. You can listen in. But to live alert, sharing in the sorrow, e even though we, we know it's right and it's even biblical, it's the biblical and right thing to do. It, it, you know, use that word, it can be awkward. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. Or even if I should say anything at all. This lady, she, she's a blogger, and she asked her blog readers, she just sent this out, and she said, some of you who have been through a, a terrible time, a grieving process, what, what did people do? How, how did they help you? This, this one couple, they had lost a baby. Now, hear me out. You're going to have to be sensitive, and you're going to have to realize who you are in people's lives because, you know, I don't want some of you busting in our house. I'm here to clean this filthy kitchen. Well, go clean your own filthy kitchens. Get out of my house. It ain't filthy. But if someone's grieving and to simply stand up once a day is a monumental task and maybe you're good friends with that person, that, then that's it's not out of sight, out of mind. This blogger says some good friends of ours, we had lost that, that baby and some good friends of ours came over and said, get in the car, we're going to dinner. They really didn't want to, but, you know, okay. They took them to their favorite pizza joint, and they, just, they said they just sat there. And when we wanted to talk, they talked. And when we wanted to cry, they cried with us. And we wanted to laugh, they would laugh too. But they said they just really didn't do a whole lot, but just simply were there. I'm not alone. Others said that friends shared verses from God's word during our time of grief. And that's okay, you have to be careful, but sometimes these handwritten notes or, or of encouragement or prayers letting the person know that I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I know you're hurting. Some others said many times we, we want to alert the, the suffering person to our ability and desire to help, so we mumble things like, oh, I've been so guilty of this. Hey, if there's anything you need, let me know. Pray to God they don't call. Or if they did, I'd help. But folks, when people are in need of help, their brain is not in the place to think, Brother Bland said, if I need anything, I'm going to call him. Hey, can you come mow my yard? I'd be happy to, and I'll do that for you. But understand, their mind's not even thinking about a yard at the time. They're hurting too bad. So I know we mean well, but sometimes in those situations, we've got to learn to be a little proactive in that. I apologize for not asking before, but Sister Kelly, I'll use you. I remember one time you said that you, 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 it, was, it was still, it's hard, it's so hard, but friends came over and mowed the yard. She didn't ask them to. She was furious because they didn't cut the lines right. She didn't care. 
They came over and cut the lawn. Because they knew it had to be done. She wasn't thinking about that. So many times we can do something, but it's going to take some thought and it's going to take some time. Friends simply showed up and they, they did what needed to be done. They came in and made sure groceries were bought. They made sure different things. I, again, you may let your brain think of these things, but we can't excuse ourselves because we speak in tongues on Sunday. To not bear ye one another's burdens. To not honor one another as God has commanded us to. Sometimes it's simply say nothing, just simply being there with those people. And here's a good one. Ask God to help you. Ask God to direct you. What can I do? What can I say? How can I help in this situation? Being considerate that we, yes, we want to love them, but not being annoying, not living too loud. I, I get all that. Psalm 68, 5 says, A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widow is God in his holy habitation. Verse 6, God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Our God is for the hurting. Our God is for the underdog. The overlooked, the outsider. He wants to help and often he does that through his people. The Bible includes many stories of close relationships. Ruth and Naomi was one of those and Ruth was a Moabitess. She was an outsider because of her nationality. She was not a member of God's chosen people, Israel. She worshiped idols, and but that did not prevent her from loving and following the one true God because of the witness of her, of her mother-in-law, Naomi. About 10 years into Ruth's marriage, her husband died and Ruth accompanied her mother-in-law back to Bethlehem, willingly leaving her homeland. Why did she do that? Because she wanted to care for her mother-in-law. She was concerned for her. Ruth 1.16 says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return them from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I'll go. Where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people will be my people and thy God my God. Although she was dealing with grief, she had trouble herself. Both of these women give us a good reflection. They were constantly looking out for one another. Naomi said, don't come with me. Take care of your own. Go back to your homeland. Start a new life for yourself. And Ruth said, absolutely not. I'm going with you because I care about you. I'm concerned about you. She was dealing with it herself, but she came and God rewarded her. What can we learn? Quickly go through some of these. Put others' needs ahead of your own. Go with them. Be there with them. Obviously, Ruth made a physical address change. You probably don't have to buy the house next door, but who knows. But we need to learn to see beyond ourselves and into the lives of others and the pain that others have and ask God, break our heart for what breaks their heart. Oh, that's a tough prayer. You can make their people your people. 
Can I make a little plug here? There was a group. I don't have time to do all this, but we're going to. Thank you. I was 10 minutes early last week. So, um, but we had a group got together, which is a, just a collected group in the church, just trying to dream and, and get some ideas of what's going on. And I'm sitting there, you know, me, and I'm supposed to, you know, have the pulse of the church and, you know, me real important sitting there. And, and this group of people were talking, and I was just looking at Half the time I was horrified. Like, that's going on in the church? I don't mean bad things. I mean, they were saying things like, we've got a lot of young moms in this church, and they're struggling. They're overwhelmed at times. How can you be overwhelmed? I I don't live in your life. I don't know. What does that all that mean? Got a lot of single people in this church and the needs that they have and all this stuff. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, how can we meet these needs? How can we help one another? How can we lift the burden? (laughs) Okay, sanctuary family, I'm going to push hard right here and make a plug. There was a week, I think it was two weeks ago, there were some people out of town, some different things happened, and, and Sister Elizabeth does great over the children's ministry and trying to, uh, you know, there's some teachers missing, so trying to fill a class. She made 15 contacts before she could find someone to just help in a Sunday school class. Can you help? You don't have to every week. You don't have to be the lead teacher. Just keep them inside and from eating the the table. That's all you have to do. Our nursery so our moms can enjoy, sir, can you help in there at all? Bland, I'm really wanting to preach the word. Okay. Again, I'm not being harsh on you. Do you understand? We can bear one another's burdens without some huge, grandiose thing. It's the simple things. Just helping somebody along the way. Because that ripple effect will change lives, will change destinies. Allow your God to be their God. You can, again, if we're not talking about specifically the sanctuary, but people you can help, you can, you can go to, you can be with. And so I ask the question again, will they see Jesus in you? No man has seen God at any time, but if you have love one toward another, they're going to get a glimpse of God in you. Do they see that? Relationships that it acquires work, requires work. Remembering things isn't always easy, and that sometimes sweat and, and time and listening and loving is all involved in this. Acts 4:32, and the multitude of them that believe were out of, were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. What a powerful church the book of Acts church was. And it wasn't what can I accumulate for myself, it was how can I help with what I have. What a different concept. Our culture values ownership, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. 
We want our first car. We want our house. The kids want their own gadgets, gizmos. And again, I'm not saying that's all, all wrong, but even ultimately, if it is mine, whose is it really? In 1 Chronicles 29, I've got four minutes. I'm going to hurry. 1 Chronicles 29, King David is preparing to build God's temple, and he mentions he will give out of his own possessions. He was a very wealthy man, and he was going to give out of his own possessions, and he did that. And the other Israelites, they joined in. So, well, he's going to do that. We're going to give to this temple. We're going to build this temple, this magnificent temple to our God. And after the resources were all gathered, and they're all there, David praises God in front of the whole assembly. Follow along, 1 Corinthians 29, 10, several verses here. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel and our father forever and ever. Verse 11, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. 12, both riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. 13, now therefore our God, we thank thee. They brought the stuff. We thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Here we go, verse 14. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? He was saying, who are we to even offer this stuff? Watch this. He says, for all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. It doesn't belong to us. We just gave it back is what David was saying. 15, for we are strangers before thee and sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. 16, our Lord, O Lord, our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh where? Out of my bank account. Came out of my treasuries. No, it came of thine hand and is all Thine own. 17, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I, will, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. How could they offer all this stuff so willingly and just give it? Because they had an understanding it wasn't theirs anyway. I don't want mud in my car. But if I won't pick somebody up because I'm scared mud gets in my car, that ain't my car anyway. It belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights who's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He owns everything. So then I ask you, who do you think owns your stuff? It's God's. He owns those things. We've got to realize that yes, we can manage things and we've got to be careful with that. But where's my heart? 
If we ever have too nice of stuff in this church where people aren't welcome, the stuff's too nice. If we ever close our hearts and our, our arms, our doors, again, I, folks, please, you're adults, there's safety issues, and we, have, we understand that. We're going to keep everybody safe. But my attitude cannot be you don't quite fit the caliber of the sanctuary. He said, whosoever will. Let me just tell you, I was a whosoever. When you were born in church, did you ever know my grandpa? I'm glad you didn't before Jesus found him because you wouldn't have liked him. You wouldn't like a lot of my family that deals drugs and robs bank and their, their little pane of paper they're in there about every other week. That's my kinfolk. But oh, for the grace of God, that's me. So how could I ever shun someone how could I ever not show the grace and love and mercy that he has shown to me over and over and over? I want you to talk in tongues. I want you to run the aisles. I want to dance and shout to the roof shakes. I want to do all that, but I also want us to be kind and to honor and to love and to be hospitable and to shine our light into everywhere we can. It's the love of Jesus that's going to bring people back, not our hard-nosedness. Everybody has to have a way back to Jesus. And if it costs me some time and money, so be it. They need to get back to Jesus. I'm way over time. Let's stand. I hope you feel my passion because God is wanting to do great things, but we cannot shut down of what God wants to do. Let him do what he wants to do. It may look completely different than how I think he ought to do it, but that's all right. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done. In the sanctuary as it is in heaven, let it be. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your great love and kindness to us. Thank you, Lord, for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we want to be light to reflect your glory in this dark world. People are so hungry. People are, are, are lonely. They're lost. They're confused. They don't know what way to go. They, they tried everything else. Let us, oh God, reflect your kindness and goodness. If it's a simple smile, if it's a simple handshake, if it's a simple dollar bill on the corner to somebody to help them buy a soda, whatever it looks like, Jesus, let us be sensitive to that. Let us be what you would have us to be. Let us be your hands and your feet on this earth, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to welcome everybody with open arms. You saved us. You want to save everybody, Jesus. And I pray that you would help us. Bless us this day. Let us walk through every open door. Let us hear your voice. Talk to us. 
and move in the spirit, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless each one of you.